It's the Prep Rally Podcast, the only podcast in the state dedicated to prep sports. Brought to you by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Here's your host, Chip Souza. So welcome back to another edition of Prep Rally, the podcast. I'm Chip Souza, joined by Rick Fires today and Paul Boyd. And we're going to talk a little high school football today. As the playoffs, Ricky entered the second week. Back in August, we didn't know if we'd ever even play a regular season game. And now here we are in the second week of the playoffs. Yeah, after a week of play-ins. Um, I thought there was NCAA basketball stuff, but with everybody in, I guess that's what you got. And now we're getting to the real playoffs right here. Absolutely. So we are joined today by a couple of coaches who are going to be playing this week. The first one up is Crosby Tuck at Van Buren. Coach, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Coach, you guys are coming off a big Big, big, big win. Now, I know that drive down or up to, do you go up to or down to whatever it is across the state? Over. Over. To, over. Over across. to. Yes. Uh, Coach was, uh, Crosby was a long one uh, driving over there, but coming back wasn't near as long, was it? No, got back a lot quicker. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, absolutely. When yeah. uh, when you win a football game, that that road trip coming back doesn't seem near as long. <laughs> no, it's, it's a lot better coming back like that. Yes, sir. Hey, now, Crosby, uh, we know when the postseason starts, uh, nobody cares about what your record is. And a lot of people looking on the paper say, well, Van Buren, their record's not that good. Man, Jonesboro over there in the East, they got to – but you guys went over there and hammered them. And I think it has a lot to do with, I mean, of course, the quality of the coaching, the players, but your 6A West Conference, that's a pretty good conference. Can you talk about how your conference and your non-conference schedule prepared you for this playoffs? Absolutely. I think I think the six A West right now is uh is very up and, and very good, you know, at this yes. at this point, which which happened at a perfect time our first year in it. So <laughs> but, uh, I, I I do think that um I think it's a it's a really good conference top to bottom right now. Um, you know, and we go through go through with the several several pretty frustrating ones for us throughout the season and lead us to a, a record that I think is is one a little misleading, but two um, two, it does it has prepared us for the playoffs in a game, you know, like Jonesboro. You know, we end up with a, a one point overtime, you know, loss to Siloam. Then we have uh, four horrible special teams plays against Mountain Home. Give that one, we end up in a two point conversion situation in Parkview to to go up by one with all the Division One athletes they have end up not being able to get it done and give that one up. And then you know was we're with Greenwood for you know a little over three quarters and just. Couldn't quite hang with him in the fourth, and uh, you know, then the score fifty three, and, and uh, you know, lose by seven against Benton. Yeah. Um, so just, just right there, uh, a whole bunch, you know, I think all season. Um, but uh, you know, clicked at the clicked at the right time for us, and against a a team that you know, I think a whole lot of people thought, you know, we're going to be in the semis, and certainly a chance to be in the state championship game with Jonesboro for us to go over there and play the way we played. I uh, just couldn't be prouder of our players. Crosby, it's interesting how when people who really don't follow football all that closely saw that Van Buren was going to be bumped down from 7A to 6A and go to the 6A West, well, all of a sudden things are just going to be a whole lot easier for you guys, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, you have no idea. And I'm going to tell you right now, the 6A West top to bottom is better than the 7A West. And I will stand on that, and I will say that until the cows come home, top to bottom better than the yep. 7A West. Well, they're the guy smarter than all of us, and there's Gary Phillips, our player of the week, the Van Buren quarterback, and he said flat out, he said uh, uh, the 6A West is the second-best conference be- behind the 7A Central. I would, and, I would, I'd be, mm-hmm. I'd be down with I that. Believe. Hey, can you talk yeah, about uh, – I would agree. Uh, this year, I would agree with, yeah. with how that is this yeah. year. Yeah. 
Hey, Coach, can you talk about? Uh, I talked to him for our Player of the Week uh, deal. We do each other. Uh, do we do each week? Mm -hmm. And uh, he had a great game. Can you talk about his leadership? I think you tell me, man. Just for, when you guys left the parking lot over Van Buren, he was zeroed in. And uh, also on your defense, man. Uh, I think you guys had a rough game defensively before that. Well, you guys really turned around. Five interceptions, yep. and you shut them out last three quarters. Yes, um, you know, for starters, with with Gary Gary Phillips, um, you know, been a been a tremendous leader for us, and you, know, you could just you could really just kind of see it in his eyes and his demeanor. Um, you know, going into that game, just on the trip, uh, certainly in pregame, that that his focus level uh, and his leadership, where other people can see his focus level, uh, was really where it needed to be. Um, it, it, he really believed that this was definitely not going to be his last football game against Jonesboro, and you could. You could see that in his preparation, um, really throughout the week. But uh, was very proud of of him and his him leading uh, leading a lot of the guys in a certain way. I think that's true for Jaden Henry also. His leadership, um, his leadership, you know, in practice and pregame and and uh, leading up to this Jonesboro game was was huge for us as well. And then to, to answer other question defensively, um, you know, yeah, we did have a, a tough one. The, the game before against Benton, um, you know, a piece of that, though, I think is Benton's offense is unbelievably explosive. Very good, yes. Uh, yes. For starters, um, that quarterback down there, man, he's a he's a player. But, uh, no, I, I thought our defense really answered. I thought Coach Henry did a great job with the uh, game plan, the defensive staff with the game plan. Um, but our guys our guys were playing so hard. The way we were swarming to the football, you know, it's as, it's as good as I've seen us do. Uh, you know, all season long. And, you know, again, I think it was it was that belief of, you know, it wasn't going to be our last game. And I think I think our guys were uh, very bought in and understanding of the kind of conference that we've played in this year and how close we were in really every game except one, you know, all season long. I mean, we're just we're we're hanging with all these really good teams. We just weren't able to quite quite get it done. And so I, I believe our guys still were confident where, you know, you, you look at at the three and seven record, you know, four and seven now, three and seven at the time, you, you're not, you're going to assume that it's probably not a very good football team. And, uh, you know, I think, I think we have been a good football team all year, just not quite, not quite getting it done. And, and, uh, but I felt like defensively we really played like we had a true belief that we were going to go get a win. And, um, you know, we're able to do that. Crosby, I'm going to go back to uh, to Jaden Henry. You mentioned him briefly uh, a mm -hmm. while ago. Last week we talked about him leading up to your game with Jonesboro, and I compared him to Joe Adams, who was such a really good football player at Arkansas. That if, if Jaden oh. were three, four inches taller, um, you know that every you know every school in the SEC would probably be talking to him. Uh, just yep. kind of talk about Jaden Henry and what he brings to your team, and not just offensively. I think you know one time you mentioned he may be your punter. He's your slot receiver. He's a defensive back. He returns kicks, returns punts. Uh, just yep. kind of does it all, um, and talk about him and, and what you feel like uh, he could do at the next level. Well, first of all, I think you're exactly right. You know, I think I think if he's a little bit bigger, I think uh, I think everyone everywhere wants him. And um, you know, even though he's n not bigger, I'm surprised that that not a few more have because I think he is just a, a tremendous football player. Um, you know, regardless of receiver, corner, returner, whatever that may be. He's just a tremendous football player who understands the game, understands how to lead. Um, it really, as far as his understanding of the game, it's it's really at the top of anyone I've I've seen as a player, um, which is why he's able to be so successful on both sides of the football. 
And, um, you know, the impact that he has, you know, I mean, the guy was leading the leading the state uh, in receiving yards going into the playoffs, a regular season uh, leader for uh, receiving yards. And, um, you know, Jonesboro was was pretty locked into making sure that that, you know, Jaden Henry didn't beat them. And right. the way uh, the, the three safety look that they were playing, um, <laughs> there was there was times there was really two over the top of them and, and still a corner on them. And uh, and I'll give it to them. They they were able to take the deep ball away, but they had to commit enough players to Jaden that that we were able to to move the ball in a lot of other ways. And our, our offensive coordinator, um, John Brooks, did a did a great job uh, game planning and, and scheming that up and seeing what they were doing in game and making some adjustments. Uh, but a lot of that has to do with what they had to commit, you know, for Jaden. And, um, you know, so even though he doesn't have a huge offensive game, his, his, you know, fingerprints were all over still what we were able to do offensively because we were able to get some good numbers at other places. And then uh, on top of that, then I, he still goes out there and has, I think uh, two interceptions, seven tackles, and two for a loss, <laughs> and a sack. You know, so he's still he he found a way to get. You can't get you know, rid of that guy. They can't, they can't get rid of that side. guy. Yeah, he's he's, he's everywhere. <laughs> and, and I tell you what, and for for people who don't really understand football, if I can compare this to a basketball term, two safeties over the top in the cornerbacks, that's effectively a box and one defense on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, uh, that's right. And it was uh it was interesting. It's not a, a defense you see very often on non passing down. I mean someone just to get in there and, you know, first and ten, second and five and, and uh play something like that is not the not what we're used to seeing. Um but like I said I knew they, they felt like they can't let they can't let us let Jaden just get, you know, behind them on post routes and go routes and some of the, the double move stuff that we've been <laughs> able to to be good with him and, and like I said, they were able to take that away. But, you know, then his brother Kai on the other side has eight catches for three touchdowns and we're able to run the ball pretty well uh, with both Gary and our running back Dom. So um, there was other it, – it, it let other stuff be there even though uh, we weren't, you know, pumping the ball to Jaden like we usually do. That's fantastic. And now you got to turn around and go all the way back across state. I'm from that area. I know how long a trip and how much mm -hmm. of a grind that can be. Marion is just almost on the Mississippi River. Now uh, – yep. Can you talk a little bit about your itinerary? How are you going to do this, break this up? Are you going to leave Thursday? Are you going to leave Friday morning? Before you answer that, I can tell you, I could have got you a room at Brinkley at the at the Duck Blind Hotel. <laughs> at the Dew Drop 30, Inn, yeah. yeah. The, the Duck Blind Hotel for $35 yeah. suite. I keep, keep, that, there. Yeah. keep that in your back pocket, Rick. I might need that sometime. Well, I've, I've, got, I've yeah. got some coupons yeah. here. So, yeah, uh, how about your itinerary heading all the way back across state again? Certainly. Well, although that is a that is a great option, um, we we uh, we are going up we are going up Thursday, um, which which is is uh, complicated, especially in the in the, the COVID year um, of everything of just of trying to to get guys separated, you know, as much as as possible, especially with hotel rooms and having to get um, a lot more hotel rooms than normal. Usually, um, you know, the amount of people you can put in there you're not really trying to still create certain levels of separation sure. um, like you all right now. And so it, uh, as far as lo logistically just playing all that out in terms of fundraising and, and uh, finding those donations and ways to make, you know, something like that happen are cer certainly more difficult right now than, than a normal year. But uh, we have been fortunate. I will say that our, our community has done a, an awesome job getting behind our guys and being supportive and being excited. And we've been able to, 
to get a little bit of money raised to to do stuff like this and go down a day early and get extra hotel rooms and get enough enough there to be able to to space people appropriately. Um, but I do think that's going to be be big for us not traveling day of the game, yeah. you know, for a quarterfinal game like this to be able to find a way to not um, to not make that trip. And for you um, guys, for you guys who think coaches just sit in their office and draw up X's and O's all day and that's all they do. Yeah. I mean, this guy's out racing funds. Uh, trying, you know, trying, try, you know, having to handle all this other stuff with, with COVID and 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 you yep. know, th- things that we don't even think about. Well, just think about even trying to uh, with a lot of restaurants closed. You got 50, 60 people. You can't get in a restaurant. You have to, uh, like Paul and I used to do, get a bologna sandwich on yes, the side sir. of the road. Pack a lunch, yeah, pack a lunch. Nothing wrong with that. No, yeah, it, nothing. Fried bologna. It, uh, yeah, that's good. No, that's good. No, it uh, it definitely adds some some different pieces. Uh, to it doing it like this this year but uh, like I said I think we figured out a way to do it and do it the right way and uh, you know being able to, to not make that trip day of I think it's going to be big for our guys yes well Crosby thanks for coming on with us today I know you're busy trying to get uh, prepared for Marion and uh, good luck to you guys on Friday going down there and uh, you know go pointers Yep, well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You bet. That was Crosby Tuck, the football coach at Van Buren. They won a big first-round playoff game last week at Jonesboro. This week, they go back on the road again, like Ricky mentioned, getting back on that yep. yellow dog. They probably don't get on yellow dogs. They probably get on a little bit better bus than that, I would imagine. But I, I saw some yellow buses down there at Van Buren last okay. time I was there. Okay, so get on the bus and go back to Marion this week. Now, Marion, for those of you who don't know, Advanced to the second round because Benton was unable to play its football yeah. game, uh, playoff game against them last week. So Benton had to forfeit that game because of COVID-19 issues. So Marion advanced to this second round. Van Buren will go to Marion. And the winner of that one, Ricky, makes it to is will be in the 6A semifinals the following week. COVID hopefully not happening yeah, to fingers anyone. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed on that. So, again, that was Crosby Tuck, the Van Buren coach, and thanks for being on with us today. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll be joined by Jody Grant, the football coach at undefeated Bentonville, who will They're be They're not going to have to travel. They don't have to travel. They don't have to travel. <laughs> They're getting to host Cabot yeah. this Friday night. So, we'll be right back with Coach Jody Grant, the Bentonville football coach. And we are back with Prep Rally, the podcast, and we are now joined by Jody Grant, the football coach at undefeated Bentonville, who got a first-round break last week. Rick got a little bye in there and uh, because Little Rock Southwest, the team they were supposed to have played in the first round uh, in this COVID-19 playoff format that we yes. have um, where everybody got in the playoffs, they, Little Rock Southwest had opted out. They were the number eight seed from the Central. They were to have played Bentonville, the number one seed from the West. Little Rock Southwest said, we've had enough. We, we don't want to play. Bentonville said, okay, we'll take the week off and we'll get ready for round two. So that's what happens this week as Bentonville will host Cabot Friday night at Tiger Stadium. And hey, let's, t- let's stop right, start right there, Jody. Um, what do you think about that? I know it wasn't your fault that you guys didn't play. But did this slow your momentum down even? Because you guys come off with a big win over your rivals, uh, Bentonville West. Uh, you guys scored 41 straight points. You guys really look – I remember I was covering Fort Smith Southside one year, Barry Lunny, and they had a week off, and then they played a Jonesboro team that was under 500 and got beat. What do you think about that? Well, I think um, 
you know, I think it's all in, I think that's an easier question to answer once we've played to see, but I mean, we're, we're, <laughs> we, are, yeah. <laughs> we are, uh, we are used to having a buy during this time. Like we've, we've done that over the last several years since there's been a buy. Um, I think playing 10 straight weeks, um, having a buy is not, it wasn't a terrible thing just because we had just come off a big, uh, emotional win and, and winning the conference. We could regroup our kids and get refocused on what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, truthfully, it gave us an extra few days on our opponent because anytime we're, we prepare for a bye, we usually spend a day or two on the team out of the central for none other reason than whoever they're playing uh, from the West. We've already obviously spent a week on them. So we were able to steal a few days on Cabot. Um, so yeah, I'm, we're swinging it as it's a positive. We would have liked to to have played, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just because we like to play. I think anybody's like that. But being the team that ended up getting a bye, that's okay. I mean, that's uh, it allows you to get some of your kids healthy and uh, refocus on some things. So yeah, it's something we're used to doing at this you know week eleven in the playoffs, and so we just treat it like we have been. Jody, this week, um, I'm guessing you 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 mentioned you know getting some players healthy. Um, Bentonville is Bentonville High School in a virtual only this week. We yes, Bentonville High School is in virtual only, so our kids are learning from home as we speak, uh, and then we're, we're you know we will still bring them in for practice. But yes, okay. I was, what I was going to ask does that impact any any of your preparation? You know, because I know having them in school, you can keep an eye on them uh, easier than you can when they're at home. But I didn't know if that uh, you know how that has worked and if, if you guys have had any experience dealing with, you know, kids being all virtual and then just coming in to practice on time, you know, every day. Yeah. Yeah. So truthfully, a lot of our kids are, um, are virtual. They were virtual beforehand anyway. Okay. So okay. Uh, that should not play a factor uh, at all. I mean, truthfully, it allows us to get a little bit more bonus film sessions in through Google meet with them and stuff. We can still a little bit more time with them gotcha. uh, than, than if they were over there. So um, having them at home, uh, working on their stuff uh, has worked for us at this point. Good deal. Not a big change for you guys in. Hey, uh, Jody, we got three guys here at table with about 83 years of experience. We, when, when we think of Cabot, we Speak think Speak for of, yourself, Rick. That's just that's, your number yeah, of Yeah, that's 65 of them for me. But when we think of Cabot, uh, the Mac, Mike Malhelm, the dead teeth where they run it 46 times and throw it over your head maybe once or twice. But this is a different Cabot team. They sling it, don't they? Yeah, they do. And it's, 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 it is interesting. I mean, I've been, you know, coaching in the state of Arkansas for 20, 20 years now, and I still think of cabinet football is, you know, they're going to run the belly and the trap and just yep. cram it right down you. So to see uh, those guys out there in cabinet uniforms in four wide or five wide and having a quarterback that can put all over the field is still new for all of us, but they do it really well. I think Coach Reed uh, does a phenomenal job with their offensive scheme. They've got a quarterback there that's as you know as good as there is that we'll, that we've seen and makes great throws. And so, yeah, they're and you can tell the carryover from running, you know, the Mike Mahem stuff, the way they pull, the way they down block. Mm-hmm. You can see that in in their run game. So, yeah, listen, I'm telling you, uh, Cabot Panthers are a really talented football team, and uh, and you can tell, and they're very well coached. And, and I hope the Bentonville fans just don't look at the records. We don't care what the records are in postseason play because I guess Cabot's lost three games. Look who they've lost to, North Little Rock, Bryant, and is it Conway? So this is a dangerous team, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. If, if people can't – I mean, if you have any knowledge of the game of football and you watch them on film, just even a few series, you, you, you see what I see, you, you know it's, 
it's a definitely a dangerous team. I mean, they're, I mean, you know, Donald, those, those three losses are quality losses to quality teams. And you look at the score against Conway, I think it was 52 49. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know against North Little Rock, they, um, you know, they, I know they felt good going into that one. And, uh, you know, obviously, Brian, with what they're doing to people, I mean, I still think they had moments of success against a really talented Bryant team. So, but then watching some of their film on some of the, like the Collierville, Tennessee team and some of those, I mean, they, they did some really good stuff. So, they, they're, they're, you know, they're sitting at seven and three. They beat a Rogers team that had a lot of success in the seven A West, yeah, yeah. And, and beat them hand and beat them handily. Well, and held them to fourteen, so, Jody. I was, I mean, not the fact that that Cabot put forty eight on them because let's face it, yeah. Rogers defense has given up some points, but to hold, I, I think a pretty good Rogers offense to fourteen. I think I was more impressed with that than anything. I think that's true with with what a lot of people thought because I think a lot of people felt like uh, both of them were going to be very dynamic offensively because they've both done that year and I mean week in a week oh, yeah, out yeah. this year. Yeah, oh, yeah. But to see to see their defense hold them to, to fourteen and uh and and I mean really kind of got after them was was impressive to see. So uh you know I think it there's no doubt that the uh um this is a team, you know to me it's like I tell our kids and our coaches at this point in the playoffs, you know, you gotta throw all the records out. Like it's just it's like who's playing really good football at this point. Mm-hmm. We've experienced it from both ends two years ago we're in this exact same position and a, and a North side team comes up here and gets after us. Yep. And, you know, it's, and, and they were, you know, it's just a team that just, I mean, they were the, the four seed from, from their conference and they just, but they were playing really, really good football. Um, and, and we've also been in a position where we've, you know, had good four seats come up here before and, and we got after them. So, you know, we just talk about all week to, to, to worry about us, take care of us, play like we've been playing and good things will happen. But our, our coaches and our players, uh, respect the crud out of the Cabot and, and you know they see what they've done and they know that we're we're gonna be in for a battle coach enough about that Cabot team we don't want to talk about them let's talk about your guys <laughs> sure let's talk about your quarterback uh, Andrew Edwards uh, Jody he's had a really great season for you guys yeah he has um, the thing with him is he has just gotten better each week and I think his completion percentage is hovering around 70 percent which is which is good at any level and um, decision making he's just getting smarter he's understanding it more comfortable with, with our scheme and what we're doing and what we're asking him to do with his reads. Uh, you can tell he's studying film on his own, uh, in addition to what we're doing with him. And, you know, it's fun to watch him operate out there. He's, he's and kind of elevated to me to be one of the top quarterbacks in the state. Absolutely. And, you know, he, what about, I mean, the receivers he has to choose from? And, of course, all eyes focus on number five. When you, when you see your guys line up offensively, you see a big 6'3 receiver that, and you know, Great curb appeal. I mean, <laughs> this kid looks good in the uniform. We're talking about Chas Nimrod, and not only does he look good in the uniform, but he plays well in that uniform. Absolutely, yeah. Chas Nimrod is as talented as a receiver as, as you know, as, as we've seen here in a long time in our conference and everything. And um, you know, I think he's just the sky's the limit for him yes, as he sir. develops. Um, and the good news for us is he's not alone. You know, Cooper Smith yeah, has had a exactly. phenomenal year as well. And so you just – it's one of those deals where if you're going to focus your attention on Chaz Nimrod, then you, you may uh, you may be in trouble with the other guy and vice versa. It's happened both ways. Um, and so, yeah, those dudes are talented, and it makes Andrew's job as a quarterback a lot better. Um, and then obviously you, you look at, you know, our effectiveness in the air and, and, and what people have to do with coverage to, to, to protect themselves against those two weapons offensively. Then you're going to counter that with a, with a really nice run game with – Ficklin. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I was going to mention him too, Jody, that he seems like to have quietly gotten better and better every game as well. Just a sophomore. 
uh, gotten better and better every game. More a little bit more looks look to me more confident um, each game in, in running the football. Yeah, you're talking. I think anytime you're talking about a sophomore in our league, it takes them a little bit. I think you can look around at all the sophomores; they all just get more confident with each and every game. And he's no different. You know, he's new to our program, and so he's he's still learning a lot of things. And and now that he has a good grasp of our playbook and everything we're asking, um, he's he's super talented. And um, so yeah, I've seen it too. Just each week. He continues to get better and, and does great things. Well, if they thin out that box uh, on Friday to focus on the receivers, Ficklin could have a good game for you guys. There's no doubt about that. True. Yes. Hey, hey, one one reason you guys are championship contenders because you your defense is as good as Ooh, I've seen yeah. the last year. <laughs> and it starts with them. All, I, hey, Jody, I tell you what, next uh, Sam uh, Pittman doesn't take phone calls from me, but I'm going to tell him he needs to line up Grant Morgan and bumper pool in the in the backfield like the Bentonville barge, like you take them two big hoss Oof. linebackers and yeah. put them in the backfield. <laughs> I want them to use that, and I'm going to take credit for I it. I thought okay? you were going to say, Rick. I thought you were going to say we want to see them in the Oklahoma drill with with Steinspring and yeah, Joyce. Well, we can again. do that. All right. Steinspring and Joyce will win that. Yep. They were going to win that battle. Yeah. <laughs> the bumper pool don't want none of that. <laughs> but no, talk about your defense, man. I mean, I'm always impressed with the way you guys get after it. Yeah, so defensively, you know, we got a group of guys that have just embraced our philosophy of just flying around and making plays and, and having fun while doing it. You know, we're not super complex in what we do. We just ask the kids to know how to line up, know what the reads are, and then go make plays. And uh, well, they've done that for, for, you know, 10 straight weeks for us. And, you know, it helps when you have really talented players like we have that understand our scheme and our system and are, are extremely coachable. So it's fun to watch. It never gets old uh, to see them do that. And, um you know, I look forward to hopefully we can continue to do that. Good deal. Paul, do you have anything? No, I, he beat me to it. I was oh. going to I was gonna say, all you boys like to talk about offense. I like to talk about defense. Yeah, no, Paul, there's one thing I like to talk about, running the football and playing defense, because you know why? That makes the clock go fast. Yes, and I it love does. It. That's a, <laughs> hey, that's a reporter's dream yes, right sir. there. Yes, sir. Well, listen, Jody, thanks for jumping on with us today. I know you're, you're busy game planning for Cabot. Uh, to get ready for that big game. Again, that is uh, Jody Grant, the football coach at Bentonville, um, and they are going to be hosting Cabot Friday night in a second-round playoff game at Tiger Stadium. So, Coach, listen, good luck to you guys Friday night. Thank you. I appreciate it. You betcha. So, Jody Grant, Bentonville, they're ready to rock and roll over there after, after an off week or a bye week. Uh, so, what are we in? The quarter, five, semifinals? What are we in? Round two. 7A. Round two. I don't get caught up in quarter. I can't, right. hey, I, 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 I can't do that. Quarters yeah. and dimes and nickels. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know anything about that. I just, you know, I just. Round know, two. Yeah, I just go where I'm told. Round and, and, one in the finals. Yes, sir. I, I just go where I'm told and I try to get there when I'm told to be there. So, <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, that's the secret to a, to a happy marriage for 30 however many years it has been, 30-something for me. It's just, yes, ma'am, I'll be there right on time. Whenever When's your you anniversary? Uh, sometime in February, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to talk now a little bit of somewhat maybe off the field and but maybe on the field. Uh, last Friday night, if you're not aware of it, um, Fayetteville, um, at, toward the end of the game, at the end of the game, uh, made a mistake. Uh that led to them uh, allowing a field goal to be kicked um, at the end of the game um, and went down 37-35, I believe, um, to Little Rock Central. Um, the, the play itself was an unfortunate play um, in which um, a young quarterback um, took a knee with time left on the clock. I didn't know that that was a rule, that the clock would stop on a fourth down like that. 
Um, change of possession. Change of possession, and yes. that's what happened, that's, and I wasn't is. versed in it. Um, and I'm 59 years old, and I've covered – This kid's a uh, junior. Yes, he's, yeah. set, he's 16 or 17. I'm 59, yeah. I've covered prep football games since 1980. Um, and I didn't realize that that was the rule, that when the, when the knee goes down, the clock stops like that. So – the clock does stop. Two seconds were left on the clock. Little Rock Central was able to get the ball, kick a field goal, and won the game. No one could feel worse about that, about what happened, than the Fayetteville players. Um, especially, Not at all. But it was a, a mistake that happened. Um Maybe he, maybe the rules were not explained clearly to him. Maybe he thought, I'm going to take a knee. The clock's going to run out, and it's going to be the ball game. We're going to celebrate, and that's going to be the end of it. That's what most people would have thought uh, by, not, you know, by not understanding that the clock stops. Now, that happened, and you, it's unfortunate. Now, Monday night, during Monday night's NFL football game, uh, because the game was videoed by either Fayetteville or another outfit, a clip of that video uh, at the end of the game when the quarterback took the knee was sent to ESPN. ESPN does a segment every Monday night called Come On Man. And usually it's funny, and it's usually about an NFL player who trips over the t- paint of the 20-yard line or um, something like – and some kind of thing like that that's kind Drops of funny. Drops the ball before he gets in the end zone. Drops the ball before he gets in the end zone. Um, the difference being that these are NFL players and or college players who are in the NFL – highly compensated for what they do, and in college, compensated by a scholarship and or whatever stipends that they get. So both of them, you could say, very well compensated. Yes. Okay? So therein, to me, lies the difference between a professional or a college player and a high school player. The the ESPN crew on Monday night decided to replay this this thing, this mistake, and not only that, called the player out by name, called him out and said, how come you didn't know the rules, and then hit him with a, come on, man. Okay? So, that hit me the wrong way because, A, high school kid, and and B, you know, this is a mistake that a 16-year-old kid made in the biggest game of his life to this point. Yes. To me, absolutely crappiest thing that I have seen on TV in a long time. Rick, what's your take? Well, I'm glad you pointed that out. I, I don't watch a lot of ESPN anymore. But I watch their games, their live presentations. But as far as these commentary, I give up on them a couple years ago when a backup quarterback uh, was whining around, decided he wanted to protest by taking a knee at National Anthem. So that did me in. But I, I commend you guys for pointing this out. I haven't seen it. I won't look at it. before. And I guess the guy who did doing the segment, Randy Moss, he's got a kid. He knows better than that. He's got a boy that played at LSU, and I guarantee you this kid wasn't a first-team first All-American. I guarantee you he's made mistakes. So I'm with you 100%. A high school kid? Are you kidding me? Come on. Well, let me, uh, so I put a, tw- a, a tweet out on my Twitter account that says, I'm done with ESPN. I will not watch ESPN uh, because of this kind of stuff and what they singled out. And it's not, this is not the first time they've done this. They apparently have singled out high school players um, in the past in this segment. So it's not, it's not the first time. Now, I wouldn't know, Rick, because I don't watch ESPN and I really haven't watched ESPN. So, and they get along you know, just fine without me. But I'm going to give you a sample of some of the tweets 
uh, mentions back to me after I tweeted this out okay. uh, uh, about this kid. This this is this will give you an idea of of what the mentality of a lot of these people in Twitter uh, will say. This is from uh, a Brandon McJunkin. Uh, goodbye then. If this player can't handle that, he don't need to play football. He don't need don't to need play. to play football. Okay. Um, from BT twelve twelve. He did a segment on Come On Man on a high schooler and all these complete, and I'm going to leave that word out, but it, if it refers to a cat, uh, okay. are up in arms for doing it on a, on a quote-unquote kid, further enhancing the soft culture already implemented on our youth. The kid screwed up. Bottom line, if this coach didn't rip him after the game, he has a, he's a bad coach too. He needs to man up. That's pathetic. Okay? Okay. Uh, I'm sure the ratings will be just fine without your views. Are they supposed to be sad about your decision? Um, here's another one. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It was a dumb as hell. He's going to get called out by the coach anyway after the game. Okay? So uh, here's another one. Good grief. If you lived anywhere else in the world, you would not have posted. What does that mean? I have no idea. And then here's another one from from someone apparently maybe local. I get your frustration, but let's be real. Your job is to watch ESPN. Unless you are changing careers, this seems to be a bit of an overreaction. Well, Kevin, who sent that tweet out, first of all, my job has nothing to do with watching ESPN, so that's how little you know about what we do. Um, Nothing ESPN ever televises uh, affects what I do for a living. Zero. At all. None. Um, unless ESPN is going to show up at the Bentonville game Friday night where I'm going to be, um, ESPN is just uh, an afterthought to me. And and one, I, and one, in fact, not an afterthought, they're a zero thought. So. I, yeah, absolutely. That's I mean, we, we've talked about this in our careers about how we deal with high school kids versus a college kid. Correct. Versus a professional athlete. Correct. And, and you laid it out perfectly. And we've had these situations where – how you deal with things like that in a certain story, and and you deal with high school kids sure. differently. That's sure. all there is to it, and and it's because of the level of their of Correct. where they are. If they're if they're getting paid for it, and, and you know compensated for it, that's one thing. But these are these are sixteen and seventeen year old kids um, who, when they were sixteen or seventeen uh, years old, didn't make mistakes in their life. And you want that magnified by? And I don't know what ESPN's numbers are, and I really don't care. But I'm going to say more than ten viewers saw it. Okay. Who wants their the biggest mistake maybe they've made in a in a uh, a game a game, a game. Uh, magnified like that on national television by uh, someone like Randy Moss who he's had a bunch of mistakes yeah absolutely around yeah absolutely so uh, in fact if I if I remember right wasn't Randy Moss at the University of Miami and didn't get he get booted out of Miami and ended up having Florida to go to State, or had Florida to go to State Marshall. had to go to Marshall so yeah. let's talk about that come on man Where, where's yeah. your come on man for that and what happened to you at Florida State that caused you to get your butt kicked out of there okay let's talk about that come on man yeah so anyway that could get me fired up real quick um, but. You know, it is what it is, and I'm sure ESPN won't apologize for it. They don't care what we think about it, and they damn sure don't care what this young kid at Fayetteville is going through right now, having every kid at that school talking about, hey, man, did you see him on ESPN? I sure wouldn't want to get get on ESPN like that. So, yeah. let's see, you know, let, let's put you in those shoes and see how you would react to it because you've never been to Fayetteville, and you don't know a damn thing about what it's like or don't remember what it's like to be a 16-year-old kid. And the thing is – Fayetteville was really coming on. They'd won like five out of four of the last five. They'd been five out of six. They won one little bitty mistake with two seconds to go that, like we said, we're all in our 50s and 
uh, 60s, and, and we didn't know the whole rule. And uh, now, I mean, that ended the whole season, and they got to think about that for the whole year till next fall. So um, I think it's just disgraceful. It uh, is. Another reason I don't watch ESPN. It is. But I'll tell you what, the, this, the, the young man that made a mistake, he can come play on my team anytime. Absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll yes, take sir. this kid on my team anytime. Because this kid went on Twitter. He owned what he did. He stood up and he said, I made a mistake and I'll learn from it and I'll be better from it. And it didn't have any damn thing to do with, come on, man. It didn't have anything to do with that. This kid was already out front with this and said this. So in my book, that puts him as a hell of a lot bigger man than Randy Moss will ever be. And that's a, the Clint Sterner thing. I'll never forget when Arkansas was undefeated. They went over there and lost to Tennessee. And I guess a, a quarterback at the time, Clint Sterner, tripped over maybe Brandon Burlesworth foot or something, fumbled the ball, Tennessee come back and won the game. The first one in the, uh, in the uh, room, the press room, uh, with Clint Sterner, and he manned up, and that's why he's one of my favorite Razorbacks of all time. And like you said, this kid can play on our team anytime. Exactly, exactly. So that is my rant for this week. Other than coronavirus positives are up everywhere. Um, Arkansas is gaining national attention uh, for the number of positives that we're getting every day. Um, I don't know any other way to say this, but if you're not masking up, Stay home. Let, let, I mean, we'll come nail your door shut if that's what if that's what we need to do. Uh, throw a big you know net around your house to keep you in or whatever. But if you can't wear a mask or won't, stay home. If you do have to get out, if you're essential and you have to get out, keep distance between people. Wash your damn hands, okay? Wash your hands. Mask up. Keep distance. And let's try to keep this thing under control because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing the daily reports. I'm tired of seeing 1,500, 2,000, 1,800. Uh, 30 deaths, 40 deaths. I'm tired of seeing all of it. Um, and the only way we're going to put this thing to bed is for you to take responsibility, for you to be the adult here. Well, no, don't just be an adult. Be above an adult um, and mask up and do what you're supposed to do. We talk about this every week. I don't, you know, if you don't ever get to go throw a, a, a fishing lure again, I don't really care about that. What I do care about is these kids getting to dribble a basketball or getting to kick a football, or even if these kids getting to make a mistake in a playoff football game, I want to see them get to do it all. Whatever level it is, whatever high it is or whatever low it is, I want to get them to see it do it all. And the only way that that's going to happen is for you to do the right thing. So just do the right thing. Do it for them. Do it for we, them. We want them to have those experiences. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Whatever they are. Yes, sir. That, that positives, negatives, and everything in between, it, they will be better people. Uh, they the, they will have teammates, friends who will well, make – Yes, exactly. All of those things, we want them to have those experiences, and we do not want COVID to be the reason they don't. Absolutely. So that is it for this week's edition of Prep Rally, the podcast. We'll be back next week for Ricky for the, um, I don't know, nth finals or whatever they are. Uh, we, we'll talk about whatever, <laughs> whatever finals we're in, but I know it will be this. It'll be the third week of the playoffs next week that we'll okay. be talking about. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's it. I'm Chip Souza uh, for Rick Fires and Paul Boyd. Thanks for joining us, and we will catch you next week. Come back and join us. The Prep Rally Podcast is produced and directed by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher.